0: It's our second to last show for the year. This week, I'm with recipients of the Creative New Zealand Te Wakatoi Awards. The event pays tribute to Māori who have made a significant contribution to their field of work artists, music composers, carvers, and Māori language leaders. The awards acknowledges the legacy of Ngoi Kumeroa Pe Wairangi, Tākingi Ihaka and Tiarikinui Dame Nui Kahu, supported by Te Papatongarewa, Te Māori Manaki Taonga Trust, Te Matatini, Te Wakatoi, and the Māori Language Commission, Te Taurawiri i Te Reo Māori. This week, Te Ahika is with Supreme Award winner, Woodcarver Rex Homan.
1: But I'm strongly influenced by stories, and I try and get it, get that through in in my work.
0: And the recipient of the Ngoi Kumerua Pe Whairangi Award, Kapahaka Tuta Tamoko artist and graphic designer Derek Lardelli.
2: The um, the revival of Tamoko from the the era that I'm involved in was calculated by our. Our pakeke by our elders who wanted the art form to be given an opportunity to survive first and foremost back in the areas where it once stood proud, so marae and Maori communities.
0: Kōngā kōhiriro mai te ao tōi Māori koe rā te pukurutē e haria kē nei. That's coming up in this week's edition of Te Ahi Justine Murray aho. Rex Homan is a wood artist and carver. He has connections to Te Rarawa, Nātipāua, and Te Atiawa. Born in Thames in 1940, he's the oldest of six children and grew up in Auckland. Ponsonby and K Road was his playground. Educated at Mount Albert Grammar School, he was considered a very good scholar. But at 15 years old, he made the decision to go to work first as an office clerk, then a computer programmer. And in the era of computers, he became a systems analyst and worked in IT for 25 years. But wood carving would be a constant in his life. And in his 40s, he retired and became a full time artist. I caught up with Rex Homan recently in Rotorua.
3: And she come to me
1: I have been uh, working with wood now for approximately, well, 55 years, something like that, uh, as well as going to work in a normal job. Uh, However, I retired at 48 to pursue the the wood. And since then, I have been focused, basically, on making birds, yes, bird forms. Bird forms. Uh, stylized bird forms, but recognizable bird forms. Like if someone approaches me and wants a, a Tui, I will pick out what a Tui you know, the features, the strong features of, of the, the Tui itself, like the, the neck tuft and that sort of thing and, and and emphasize that so people can look and say, Oh, that's a Tui You know, but it's always always free form, uh, flowing lines. I try and maintain simplicity. I'm I'm not a trained carver as such. I do have friends carvers, and they do a beautiful, beautiful work. But it's different to mine. My work is is self-styled, uh, but I'm open to to any ideas as such. Uh, that's no problem. But certainly, birds are my the most popular thing that I make. But I do make other things like uh, human forms and masks and things like that. Oh, human yes, forms? Yes, yes, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
3: And your work's exhibited overseas.
1: I was fortunate enough to uh, uh, meet with, well, be contacted by a gallery in Vancouver mm-hmm. called Spirit Wrestler. And they, they were, they've been fabulous with uh, Maori artists because they, have, uh, they had a stable quite a large amount of Maori artists uh, and I was approached by them to market my work in North America through, through them in the gallery, uh, which I did. And in 2004, I was granted the use of toi iho, mm. uh, the, uh, toi Maori, and uh, so I used that successfully uh, to sort of get the foot in the door, I suppose, in overseas markets.
0: Rex was first involved with Toy Māori in 2005 at the Māori Art Meets America exhibition in San Francisco. He sold four pieces there, at which point in time Spirit Wrestler Gallery in Vancouver, Canada, contacted the artist to exhibit his work, which he did for over 15 years. Spirit Wrestler Gallery has exhibited the works of many Māori artists, but recently came into some bad news.
1: Sadly, uh, they closed their doors on at the end of last month, primarily because they they were all wanted to retire. They were no longer, and they had to renew the lease on the you know the site and stuff like that. So it was a joint decision, but uh, it's now left a bit of a gap, you know. So, uh, and, but I have exhibited uh, or oh, many many times in uh, in New Zealand in my early days. I also uh, have. Won many awards at the Wood Schools, the National Wood yes. Schools in Kawarau, held in Kawarau every year, and I got to a stage where I won too many awards, and they made me a judge. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that was a a, a, a time that I went through. I, it was it was good. It was great. But uh, it's really only in the past twenty years, I guess, that I've really put a lot of emphasis on the the Maori side of things and it's I'm how can I put it I'm I'm not a Maori carver as such I I have never really called considered myself a carver because I don't have the skills that a lot of carvers do have traditional carvers uh, I think I I think I have the ability to do it but I've never been taught so I I tend to keep things fairly basic but I'm strongly influenced by stories. And I try and get it, get that through in in my work, without it being Maori as such, like a, a traditional look. Mm, it's more of a contemporary. So no symbolism,
3: look. no no no. Patterns, I no. I don't
1: really have the under, full understanding of what things mean. I'd like to have. Uh, however, uh, I've never really had the time. You know.
3: So when you say um, self-styled, you use yes. that word. Is this yes. the, the, the curvature? The, the curvature.
1: I I try and get away from symmetry, like uh, once everything looking even and uh, everything's perfect size and that sort of thing. What I, I, what are my secrets? I'll I'll give you. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. love. I, when I was a little boy, I was fairly. Uh, being raised by older people, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. So I used to spend a lot of time drawing, like sketching. But I used to love playing with, we used to call it in those days, plasticine.
3: Oh, yes, I remember you know, plasticine,
1: plasticine. And uh, I still use plasticine to a large degree. I make a model of a bird that I'm going to, like in this particular instance, that's a, that's a barn owl and I'll make a, a, sort of do a barn owl in a rough way, but uh, then I'll play around with the shape, uh, and I'll twist the wings and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Right, you and you can say, with
3: plasticine. Yeah,
1: you can with you plasticine. With wood is, so I wind up with something that perhaps a, a bird would never be able to get into that posture, but it's how I like it to look. In a barn owl, you get that, that sort of stark white disc face, and uh it's always there with a mournful eye. uh The kiwi was part of an exhibition that I had in Vancouver uh called namanuatane and uh that featured obviously all New Zealand birds present uh endangered and extinct and But I did one of a, of a kiwi it has it has a story a mythological story to it, in that if you the kiwi, if you look at it, it also has a like a human mask. And I believe in mythology, uh, there was a giant who sort of tramped through the forest, but he had a pet kiwi. Oh. So that was based on, on that story.
3: So on average, um, from concept to design to finished product, how, will, how long will that process take? It's a secret. Are you always, do you have your own workshop? Do you have your I, own studio? I used to work studio? from home, yep.
1: uh, but I made such a mess. But I, uh, when we moved to, uh, I've always had my own workshop. Yes. But when we moved to Tauranga and to the city uh, suburbs, couldn't really, I couldn't really have a workshop. I looked for one, but I was like, no, no, too many neighbours and things like that, because I do make a lot of noise and I make a hell of a mess. So uh, she convinced me that uh, I needed to rent a place. So now I have a little garage uh, in a block, that uh, I rent, and I go there maybe four days a week now.
0: As an artist, arguably, Rex has flown under the radar. While much of his work features online these days, he works on commissioned pieces. His wood sculptures, however, feature in jet park hotels in Auckland and Rotorua.
1: I've never really uh, had to sort of market my work personally. I've been very, very fortunate like that. Everything that's happened to me, as I've never been out there. The only time I think I ever approached the gallery was in the early, early days when I started off making small, uh, stylized animal forms, like bulls and things like that. That I, uh, And I had a bit of a collection of them, and Patty said, well, what are we going to do with all these things? And I said, I don't know. And I don't know. I had half a dozen or ten of them. And there was an ad on uh, one of the local papers, I think, for a, a, a gallery that was opening in Auckland, mm-hmm. and uh, it was called the Discovery Shop. That's the one. And uh, 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 Patty said, "Well," they, and she was asking for artists to show in oh, yeah. to you know to sell on behalf. And uh, Patty said, "Well, why don't you ring up?" I said, "Oh no, there's no way I could ring up, you know." And uh, so she has. In my little speech tonight, I'll be mentioning the fact that she has instilled in me um, courage and confidence to do that. But that sort of started the ball rolling. But apart from that, I've never really uh, had to approach anyone. And by Uh, age
3: 48, you could retire.
1: That's right. I think that's another way of looking at it. Uh, I, I must admit that my accomplishments have sort of set us up financially, uh i'm not saying you know i 've made millions but yeah. but i you know I have made an income out of it over the last you know thirty years now, mm-hmm. and uh I find that very satisfying, but i don't sort of get all excited about it or anything like that it 's just something that's happened and uh yeah I feel very pleased
0: Tēnā Rick's home in north wood carver and sculptor, and recipient of the Tōhu Aroha Māori Kinui Te, Ariki Nui Te Kahu Supreme Award at the recent Te Toy Awards. Derek Lardelli is a composer, Tamuku artist, kapaka tutor of Whangara Mai Tafeti. He's a New Zealand laureate, a graphic designer, and has worked alongside top-level sports teams instilling knowledge about Kopapa Māori. This year, his work in the promotion and leadership of the Māori language was recognised as part of the Te Waka Awards.
2: come from the Tairawhiti uh, and from the tribal groups of Ngātipro, Rōngo Whakata, Whānuākai, Teetanga Mahaki, Tāmanuhiri, actually Ruapani and Teetanga Hauiti, so from basically all of the tribal groups of the eastern border.
3: Where did it all start for you in terms of the creative
2: realm? I think people are born with certain strains of creativity. Mine just happens to be in the field of uh, visual art and kapahaka. And the development of that, obviously from a young age, was through travelling to hui and watching great masters like Anaru Takurua. And we're very fortunate that one of those great masters is still with us and working at their high-end people such as uh, Queenie Moiho. It started from a young age.
3: Well, what came first, kapa haka, um, and then it branched off into the arts?
2: Ka-t- I think it all just fell out into place. <laughs> There's no set pattern to to what I do, and I, I don't think I have a pattern. I'm I'm patternless. But <laughs> I think it's all it runs on whatever turns up on the day or how you're feeling that you're wishing that you wish to be uh, composing waiata, kapa, mo teatia, uh, or whether you're creating. Uh, Tāmoko or visual art—it depends on how you're feeling and where your wayward takes you, where the spirit takes you on that at the time.
3: So, uh, you know, throughout my mahi, I've interviewed alumni of Toi Haukura, who are now working as Tāmoko artists here and overseas. Uh, do you believe this to be a mark of of success? Um, uh, the alumni from Toi Haukura, who are now part of that revival of Māori arts.
2: I think. Well, we'll, we'll take Moko as a starter. The um, the revival of tā moko, or from the the era that I'm involved in, was uh, calculated by our our pakeke by our elders who wanted the art form to be given an opportunity to survive first and foremost back in the areas where it once stood proud, so marae and Maori communities, and once we had embedded it back into that particular societal grouping, it was easy for it to move into the mainstream and then from the mainstream to find feathers and fly further afield overseas. And it's become a means of um, support for Māori artists that are working in the Tamoko delivery. It's a means of keeping their families fed. And so in that sense, I say that it has been successful, but there's still a long way to go and a lot of work to do for for Tamoko. In regards to the other art forms that Toihau Hokura is involved in, uh, this is our 25th year. Wow. And we've had lots of students over that quarter of a century who have done really, really well using art as a means of expressing themselves. The secret to Toihau Hokura is not necessarily the ability to create art, but to use that as a, um, a creative springboard to do other things in their lives. And some of them, the orakihi, a wonderful exemplar of somebody who's utilized his skill as a visual artist but also as a kapahaka master and uh, the writings and his compositions through Rako manga into um, the chief's rugby team and further afield into the uh, the kiwi league team and uh, He's become creative because of being given the opportunity to express his creativity, and there are others like that throughout the country, in the north and in the east, west, south, that have come to Toiho Kura to find people like themselves, mm-hmm. and in that in that way they find they find friends for life. You get people like um, Kebadiki Morgan, wonderful, wonderful young man who's done so well with his Kapahaka group, who are now the uh, the, the world champions. Mm-hmm and fantastic to look at that coming through and, and knowing that we had a wee bit to play in that development.
3: Also, you were part of the genesis of the group?
2: Uh, not necessarily oh. the group, but Kawariki was part of Whangara Mai Tafiti oh, in yes. his early days and, and as a student of Toi Hokura, And uh, we think of Ani Karo Harawira and yes. the beautiful moko work that she's doing in the north in Kingi Pitiroe from the middle of the island, Taupo Nui Atia, just outstanding young individuals who are pushing the boundaries of, of Māori art and making our visibility stand out. And I think that's that's really quite pleasing to the heart to watch these young artists. The, the only problem I have with it is myself trying to keep up with
3: them. <laughs> mm. Are all Māori artists competitive
2: in that sense? Uh, it, it depends on how they wish to compete. Uh, when they're in that sort of setting, when they're all with one another and they're... they're creating artistic uh, genius, mm. there's magic there. Mm. And you can feel it and you can see it. And it's more the magic that matters. What comes out of that is uh, there's obviously a, a movement now into the uh, into the galleries and the sales of Maori art, which is important for them because, again, it's, it's giving them a form of revenue to feed their families. But I think at the end of the day, first and foremost... The feeling of being creative with other creative peoples in a creative space created for them specifically so that they can show their, uh, their magic is a, is a special uh, point that people like myself and Steve Gibbs and others that have been involved with Toihokura for a long time
3: mm-hmm.
2: have um, – we're proud of that.
3: In this point of your uh, career and your life, are you still very much an active tamoko artist?
2: Uh, Yeah, I still enjoy tamoko. I I don't do as much as I'd like to do. I believe I've I've sort of probably left it a wee bit now for for the younger artists to pick up and the energy that they have, which gives me a lot of joy. Mm. Uh, But I still like to do tamoko. I still like to be involved with kapahaka, Mm. although getting a wee bit long in the tooth (laughs) and should really hang my pew-pew up, but... um, (laughs) I'll fight on for one more matatini. <laughs> Maybe two if I'm allowed to by my children who tell me you'll be kept on the stage for as long as we say.
3: So you are in this category of Te Wakatoui Awards, te, te Tohu Aroha Mo Ngoi Kumeroa Pe Whairangi, Award for Strengthening Te Reo Rangatira. First, Ngoi uh, Kumeroa Pe Whairangi as a composer, what kind of comes to your mind in terms of the, the work of, of Ngoi?
2: Well, Hetipua, and it's the ease in which she was able to be so creative. Uh, I was fortunate to, on one or two occasions, witness her writing a song, and it was the manner and how she wrote it. Five minutes for the words, five minutes to connect it to a tune, and possibly ten minutes to get the actions, but the song was completed in 20 minutes. And those songs are still sung today. the beauty of auntie moy was was that she had such a wonderful sense of who she was and the placement of the words the actions and the sound all connected in such a magical way that it impressed on me the power of this wonderful humble woman and to win an award like this is also humbling for me because i don't consider myself in any way to be anywhere near as good as as people like noi pfeiting we struggled to compose well i certainly do Mm-hmm. You know, I'd struggle for two years to write a haka for Matatini. It lasts one Matatini, a flash of three minutes, 30 seconds, and then it's gone. what point of excellence is that when I look back at what auntie Ngoy has given to the nation and her ability to use the, uh, the performing arts as a, as a vehicle for training young Māori people and allowing us the opportunity to sit in that circle of brilliance uh, for a short time with someone like Ngoi Peer it was hugely beneficial to my own ability to think of, While there's the example of excellence.
3: You composed Te Kapo pangu? So what was the process behind composing that?
2: Well, I think the first, in the first instance, the uh, All Black team were wanting to do something different. They, it started off wanting to make sure that they could do uh, kamate well. And from there, being young men who wanted to leave a legacy and leave something for future team members for the obliques, that then drove the next uh, delivery, which was the creation of another haka that could stand by Kamate, Because Kamate is a great haka, there's no doubt about it. And the composer Teropa, how how do we match up with that? So the going down to the ground and is also very much part and parcel of the taiafiti type haka ruo moko kurati waka. Mm they the all haka that go into the ground and pull the essence of the person from within the ground through their veins into their delivery. So we were looking for something that could balance up with with the great kamate. And uh, that's what we have today is uh, kapa opongo the
3: appropriation of Māori imagery and symbols. How does this issue in your whakaaro present itself today and what are some of the challenges, do you think?
2: I think as artists, first and foremost, we've got to be uh, true to our creative ability, first and foremost. Intellectual and cultural poverty rights is a big issue for Māori and certainly you have the right you have to find the right sort of people to have that conversation. There's a certain type of uh, speak that surrounds that particular type of delivery. Uh, and, and, of course, you've got to look clearly at what you consider to be yours on behalf of your people, because there's a universality about art, about everybody owns a triangle and everybody owns a circle. But how it manipulates itself and uh, turns itself into Māori is the thinking patterns behind the creation of it. And the pattern, therefore, is the forerunner for your cultural Delivery from whence you came, and therefore you must protect that, because as the manaya from the carving will always say, manai'a katu te fakaro, katu hoki and in saying that, it is the mana to be able to create, and um, and the mana that also helps us protect the tonga that we create.
3: So something like the toi iho mark trademark is something that is helpful to that process.
2: I think there's more work needed there in terms of what Toiho stood for initially and where it's moving to in regards to protecting our indigenous pride from a visual perspective.
3: Mm, kia ora, tēnā koe, Derek. Um, so the award is for strengthening te reo rangatira. Obviously te reo Māori, te reo rangatira is very much infused in your mahi. Where do you see the status of te reo Māori i, I Newa?
2: Yeah, I'd have to say that we've still got a long way to go. Although we would like to think that our language is safe, there is more work to be done on making sure that it has a place in our society for to lose the language, we would, to lo- we would definitely lose our voice and lose our sense of who we are. Ko te tangata nei ko te tangata ki So looking at that as, a, as an art form, reo rangatira, is to make sure that, first and foremost, the reo is understood, that the reo is, has a future and is the doorway to the whare maori, te toi o ngālingi. And in looking at that, we would have saved uh, our culture. And as the youngest nation on the earth, it's an important part of who we are uh, within the framework of humanity that we hold on to so much, and a lot of it is so embedded in, in the depth of our, of our language so to lose the language would 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 mean we would lose a sense of connectedness to the land, hence they call us tangata whenua.
3: Derek Lardelli, thank you.
2: Kia ora. A wano koe me wāumahi e rangatira nei.
3: Kia ora, tēnā koe.
0: Tēnā koe, Derek Lardelli. Tāmako artist, kapahaka tutor, composer. He was a recipient of Te Tohu Aroha Mōngoi Kumeroa Pe Whairangi for his leadership, in the Māori language. Kua o ki te o te hōtaka nei. That's the show for another week. Special thanks to Wood Sculptor, Rex Homan, artist Derek Lardali, and of course Creative New Zealand. Now you can find more information, pictures and links on our webpage rnz.co.nz forward slash Next week, I'm with Painter, Kura Te Waru Rewiri and Grace Hoyt, plus we'll feature a few stories that we've covered over the past year here on Te Ahika for our final show of 2019. Nā reira, anō nei te mihi, mai o haki a koutou katoa, kua whakarongo pi, kari mai ana, mai te whānau a Te Ahika kia tātou katoa, Māori tū, Māori ora.